Never feel like you have to rush the greeting portion. Please don't feel like you ever have to rush that. I can wait. In reality, if we're gathering as an assembly, wow, that microphone's low. Uh, if we're gathering as an assembly, uh, it's nice to recognize the other people that are assembled here. And I'm not sure if I've mentioned this enough lately, but I love you people. And I don't mean that in that vague way. I genuinely am invested in you. And I care about you deeply. So now that we got all that light stuff out of the way. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. That is from 1 Corinthians 12, 27. So I have been confronted with this idea over the past several, well, actually it's almost growing to be few years, um, since the whole locking down and not assembling and not talking and, um, you know, there's 19 churches probably or more just in the area that are doing a live stream this morning. We're one of them. And I've been asked by people, well, why do why do we assemble? Like, why do we actually meet together in person? Like, what's what's the point? And if you weren't here to shake people's hands and to gawk at baby Dawn and to say hello to the Fonzo girls and anybody else and the visitors, and then that's a good question, actually. Because if you miss that part of the service, you don't know you're missing that part of the service. So I, I don't know. I did online church with everybody else. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same at all. And I'm just going to go out on a limb. If I had a choice between, between watching my live stream and watching Alistair Begg, Alistair Begg's getting one more viewer because that guy's voice is amazing. That and he's biblically sound. So honestly, if it was between just the preaching, you can find better orators than me. I'm not offended by that. That's true. You can find some really dynamic preachers out there. And one of the things I love about our church is no one that I know of has ever said, I go to Pastor Luke's church. I don't want that. I don't want that. We go to Valley View Mennonite. It's where we assemble as the larger body of Christ. It isn't because I'm dynamic or that I have, and I think I, I do limitedly, but it's not because I have a special anointing. I have the Great Commission, which is what you have too. And if we recognize that together, that we're here to corporately worship God and to grow as a community, then this is where we should all want to be on a Sunday morning. Not to mention, you can catch Alistair Begg later. And some of you will. So I'm actually going to stay just in Corinthians 12, except for the benediction, which is from Corinthians 15. For some reason, they don't just pepper the benedictions in every chapter. Actually, it's a very logical reason why they don't end every letter at every chapter they didn't know they were writing. 
So my section in my Bible, which I've yet to switch to my new pulpit Bible. My brother got me a beautiful NIV pulpit Bible, but he just gave me this beautiful new King James pulpit Bible. My brother likes to buy me Bibles, which I appreciate. We're both Sola Scriptura guys, so it makes sense. But I am planning at some point to transition to my other new Bible. I just haven't done it yet. And you won't know because it'll still be in this beautiful case, which was gifted to me by people here who said it's enough. You don't have to keep thanking us. But I've honestly, I don't think I've ever had a Bible case up until this, though. I've been going to church my whole life. I don't think I ever had a Bible case until someone saw I didn't have a Bible case and bought me one. And what I love especially is it has a concept that I struggle with on the outside. You are loved, chosen, and enough. That's something I absolutely wrestle with. So I honestly believe that was God at work, like a few other things have been lately in my life. Actually, a lot of things have been of God in my life. That probably was an overstatement, but it, 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 was, it was a blessing. So I'm at 1 Corinthians 12, which is titled in my Bible, Spiritual Gifts, Unity in Diversity. <sighs> so before I start, I know I talk so much and there's lunch after church. And it smells fantastic. So if you don't have lunch plans, even if you didn't bring anything, there's enough. Stay. Sit across from the table from someone maybe you haven't sat with before. Actually get to know them. Bless each other. It'll be amazing. Anyway, um, I've heard a lot of sermons on unity. Unity is important. But I don't mean unity in that touchy-feely, let's all sing kumbaya way. We can do that, too. That's part of unity. But at the same time, unity... It's being together and it's working together. Even if you come from a functional family, if they exist, you know that being united as a family isn't always without argument or disagreement or whatever else. It's being together. Anyway, that being said, I'm going to go to scripture, which is far more authoritative than my opinion. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Which is profound, actually, because I've heard people who are not professing believers to say Jesus is Lord. But no one can say that except by the Holy Spirit. That intrigues me. So the next time you hear someone say that, enter in the conversation because the Holy Spirit is clearly already working in their life. That is a clear indication that you should be talking to that person. Have I historically? Probably not. But I will because I've, I've read this. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. We've been wrestling through the gifts discernment process for, well, not as long as we've been supposed to have, but for a while now. We're almost done. But all the ministries in the church, when you're on the gifts discernment uh, committee, you're thinking about the people in the church and the gifts that you see in them. And then you're bouncing the ideas off the other people in the gifts discernment committee 
It's really important not just to plug people into the ministries only because they're willing to do it. Now, some ministries work that way or can work that way. Others would be awful that way. Some people I've noticed are just waiting to be asked, but are too humble or Mennonite humble, which I'm not sure is the same thing, to just say, I want to do it. And there'll be a time during announcements where I have a couple positions that we haven't filled. Right? I'm going to ask if anyone feels led to volunteer. One of which is for Ohio Conference Delegate. We have a single voting position left. Rob said he would fill it, but Rob is already a lifetime delegate, so it seems like a wasted vote. Right? We have one more spot open. I want you to be praying about that during the service. If you feel like you should be the Ohio Conference delegate to help speak for our congregation and make decisions, help make decisions for our little group of Mennonites in this part of Ohio and Pennsylvania. We're the only ones in Pennsylvania, but that's just between us. I'm kidding. Everyone knows it. If you feel called to do that, please volunteer. Okay? The other position that is open is for the assistant primary superintendent. If you have been waiting to teach Sunday school, really get involved with working with little kids, and you're legally allowed to do so, that was half a joke, half serious, consider that during this time. And during announcements, I'll ask if there's any volunteers. But I'm going to get back to this. If you feel called to work with children, this would be the perfect, like, dipping my toe into this situation because you're the assistant, which means you have a whole year to chicken out before you have any scary responsibilities, okay? And that's, again, for the downstairs Sunday school. Anyhow, um, boy, that was a bunny, wasn't it? Okay. But there are differences in ministries. That was my point. There are differences in ministries, and some people are gifted to certain ministries, and it's just obvious. It's just obvious. There are diversity of activities, but the same God who works in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by that same Spirit, to another the gifts of healings by that same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning the spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. I got caught up as a kid. I was, I was uh, a visitor at a couple of churches that actually had in their Sunday school curriculum teaching the children to speak in tongues. And I'm going to take a short walk on a very sturdy branch and say, that's not okay. And now I'm going to move on before I start acting as though I'm in a therapy session processing trauma. Anyway... Unity and diversity in one body is the name of this section. Notice how that built? Unity in diversity. Now this is unity in diversity in one body, which is us. 
As for the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. We are all very, very different. And we have different opinions and we have different personalities and we have different gifts. We have different things that annoy us. We have different things that make us happy. Sometimes the thing that make us happy annoys someone else. But we're all part of one body. This analogy didn't become any less true when we found out that your body is made up of 100 trillion cells. Each type of cell is designed to do one thing. But without those cells, you cease to be. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we all have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. It is therefore not of the body. And if an ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. It is therefore not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head of the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. For example, now this extra scriptural, but think about this. How insignificant are your fingernails until you break one of them? Think about it. They are far more essential than you think. Or your pinky. If you've never damaged your pinky, either cut it or broke it. You have no idea how much you use your pinky in life until you can't. It's all the time. Each little member of the body has significance. Each little member of the body has significance. It doesn't matter if you are cripplingly shy. Well, you might just be a prayer warrior and you might just be what's holding everyone together. It's possible. We need everyone. God's given us individual gifts. It doesn't mean he's never going to call us to act outside our comfort zone. Anyone else have a comfort zone that would involve a dimly lit room and a pile of books? Right there. Not everyone's an extrovert with social anxiety. I realize that. I love that line, though. Where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. Goodness. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which think we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, 
but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. That there should be no schism in the body, but that all members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and the members individually. And if God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles and then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, and varieties of tongues. I have gotten to know what a giftedness administrative ability actually is because I lack. I lack organization. I really do. I have been blessed to have people in this church and in my life that have great administrative capabilities. And in case I never have voiced this enough, I absolutely need those people in my life. And so do you. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I'll show you a more excellent way. I love that phrase, a more excellent way. This whole chapter reads together well, which is why it's in one chapter. There is a diversity among us that makes us incredibly useful to Jesus, and it makes us incredibly useful to one another. Living within that reality that we're not all going to be able to do all things, where we actually have to rely on one another and we have to love one another and we have to forgive one another and we have to function as one body. Sometimes parts of the body disagree. I have a pathetically weak stomach compared to the uh, Sicilian infused family I moved into. It took me several years to get used to a certain quantity of garlic. I'm glad I got there because I, I honestly deal with far less mosquitoes. And it's amazing. This is silly, but I'm going to share it. When I was in college at Edinburgh, someone across the little lecture hall there, there was probably 40-something people in the room. Someone said, what smells like garlic? I said, that's me. My sister-in-law made meatballs, and my delicate Irish system can't handle it. Since then, I've actually discovered I'm far more Scandinavian than Irish, but whatever. All I know is my ancestors avoided the sun at all costs because we blister. I will say food got really good, though. <laughs> 
really, really good. But my stomach doesn't always agree with the rest of the body. I'm beginning to get a lot more arthritis. My joints don't always agree with the rest of the body. Just because my shoulder causes me pain doesn't mean I can live without it. Well, I can, but do I want to? Just because my knees are getting old, like really old, like way older than me, doesn't mean I don't need them. Doesn't mean I don't want them. Anybody else have allergies? I'm sure all of you have allergies. Some of you farmers are probably allergic to hay. That's almost a divine irony. Just because your sinuses aren't agreeing doesn't mean you don't need to breathe. We all need each other. We all need each other. If you look at any of these kids in here, you actually need them. Children do something amazing for us adults. They give us the opportunity to disciple, which is a blessing. They also remind us of our relationship, our relationship to God. Because they mirror it. It's also beautiful to see someone far more innocent than yourself. It reminds you of the joy of your salvation. It reminds you of the joy of life. Don't look around, but you're aware that some of the people in this congregation are older. Don't look at them. Okay, you can look at Nancy. She gave you permission. But we need Nancy. We need that older generation. Because they're full of wisdom and they're full of, they're still full of life. We need that. We need to see what faithful Christian living looks like as we grow older. We need them. It's not that we just like having them around. We actually need them. If you look at the teenagers and the people that are slightly less young than me, or significantly less young than me, it depends on your perspective. If you're younger than me, it seems like a lot. If you're older than me, you know it's not that far. <clears throat> we need them here and now. We need to stop calling them the future of the church and recognize they're already here. Equal members of one body. That doesn't mean that every 14-year-old boy has the wisdom and discernment to make major decisions for our church body necessarily. But they're not junior members when they become members. They are members of one body with us, and we need them because they have youthful vigor and they have ideas and they aren't jaded and they don't have that fear of failing that we all seem to develop. We need them just as much as we need the young and just as much as we need those that are older. We need each other. It isn't a desire. It's not that a we function better. We need each other. We absolutely need one another.
If you're a fan of classic television, you'll recognize this line. And I forget what show it was from. Mama's Family, something like that. One of those stupid shows that was on reruns after school. But I remember the, the conversation. A son and his older mother were having a conversation. And she said, or she was trying to get her son to go to church with her. And he said, Mama, you don't have to go to church to be a good person. And she told him, well, you don't need a parachute to jump out of a plane either, but it certainly helps. I'm not saying people that don't want to join in our congregation, specifically not our congregation. We are one part of one bigger body. We're not going to separate heavens from the Baptists and the Methodists and the alliances and everybody else. We're going to the same heaven for the same Jesus. I like this camp that I'm in. I really do. I feel called to be here. But we're one part Well, we're all one part of one bigger body of Christ. We go to church because it helps us. We go to church because God deserves to be worshipped. We don't go to church because that's our ticket to heaven. It's not our fire insurance. We get to be part of the kingdom of God here and now. We are in eternity already. Eternity doesn't start when you die. You're already there. Have you thought about it? Oftentimes people use eternity and the hereafter to be synonyms, and they're not. You are in eternity right now. We are part of the kingdom of God here and now. Does it get better? Oh, yes. Am I looking forward to that? Of course I am. When God created this world, he said it was very good. That was before the fall. But God hasn't turned around and looked away from us, has he? Has God removed his hand from us? If you're in the book of Revelation with some of us, you'll see that we end right where we started. In harmony with God. It's almost as if the entire human experience were a hiccup in God's plan, but it wasn't. God is God and he knows all things. God sent Jesus to restore his relation, our relationship with the Father. God himself paid a debt that we could not pay. And it's because God is very much invested in us. Individually, but also in us, corporately. We have a tendency to either think of church as being corporate, like all of us together in community, which is a very Mennonite thing to do. Church in community. That is really, really important. A lot of the evangelical world thinks of church as an individual relationship with God, which it is. It's really not an either or, it's an and. Just because you go to a good church or you're in a good community doesn't mean you're right with God. Unfortunately, just because you're right with God doesn't mean that you're in a good community or a good church. Optimally, you want both. But something I know for certain, and I've said it so much already this morning, but it's really the point of what I want to say. We need each other. 
There is nothing that should make us less valuable to one another. We absolutely need one another. Even the parts we find disagreeable, we need them. Certain parts of the body, you'll notice, are nowhere near the other ones, and for good reason. But they still need each other. So that is what I have to say about unity and diversity in one body. And if you forget every little illustration and idea that I added to this, what I want you to remember are the very words of God that were in 1 Corinthians 12, because that is eternal. My opinions and quips and jokes. I'm hoping to help you think about these scriptures. Again, I don't feel that I have an outpouring of divine anointing any more than anyone else. I feel that I'm gifted in teaching. You may disagree. There's better teachers. There's far worse. I've heard them. We're blessed, though, to be part of the body of Christ. That is a blessing. That is the largest blessing, the biggest blessing you will ever have is knowing that we are part of the body of Christ. Can we give each other the love, respect, and honor as recognizing each other as being made in the image of God and being part of the body of Christ? Anyway, if you can do so without pain, can you please stand with me? Father God, I bless you for your scriptures, Lord, for these very words of you that you gave to us, that we can know how to live and how to function and what your will is for us on earth, Lord. Father God, I pray for each person associated with each one of us, that you would help us to love and to respect and to honor that person for who you have made them, not to become doormats, but to become brothers and sisters who love one another in spite of our issues and in spite of our own defects. Father God, I pray that you would bless the meal that we're going to receive. I pray that you bless the meeting afterwards. Father God, I pray that you would bless the nomination of elders. Lord Jesus, again, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. Um, at this time, if you could have if some of the elders or not elders, ushers, maybe this is why gifts to sermons taking so long. If I can get some ushers to hand out some hall passes, we'll turn those in with, that's what they are. They're little yellow slips of paper. It's a hall pass on the back. Anyway.